Hello, everybody. Welcome to episode 59 of the Funkhauser Situation. Uh, my name is Chris Tomlin. I am the editor of the Pop Culture Wing of KSR Funkhauser. And uh, this is our podcast where we uh, dissect pop culture, the ins and outs, yeah. what we like, what we don't like. And uh, with me, as always, is uh, my friend Lee Cruz. Lee, uh, where you been? I've been, uh, you know, on the couch. Yeah. Pretty um, much. So we need to talk about this up front, right? So you, we haven't done an episode in some time. What, a couple of weeks, I think. A couple of weeks. We were we were supposed to do the live episode, yeah. which we didn't do, and we will reschedule. We thank those of you who are going to come out to our live podcast at Jake's. And I Love promise. that place. Yeah, I know. And I hope that we can do that again soon. Yeah. Um, but we were a little sidetracked for a while. Yeah. Which we need to talk about. Mm-hmm. Um, and Lee, I, I'm going to let you sort of uh, um, lead off by sort of talking about the situation that happened at WLEX. Okay. You host a television show called Live with Lee and Haley. Yes. Um, and you had an episode where uh, you made a, a joke and it, um, it kind of um, uh, took on a life of its own mm-hmm. and resulted in... Uh, you're being dismissed from right. WLEX. Well, I technically, I, I wasn't making a joke. I was making right. a comment. Um, so, well, if I can give context to the whole thing, so you can have the framework, if you don't mind. Uh, the show started July 2017. I'm, this is not first. There was dirt, by the way. I'm just giving you context into that day. Right. Uh, so, July 2017, and... Since day one, we have had a running argument about the royal family. Yes, and if you watch the show, you know that the royals have, yeah. have been a lot. You, Haley adores the royal family. She loves everything. She royals. loves the pomp, the circumstance. I think it's ridiculous. I don't know why it merits um, news coverage right. in the American news cycle. I, I don't get it, but she loves it, and she loves to tease me about it and aggravates me about it. And I looked it up because I've got nothing to do. We've had over 100 arguments really? on air over the validity of why is this a news story. 100 times on the air of me rolling my eyes and going, this is stupid. Right, because they all, she and her, she and her friend Claire, oh, they, they all, yeah, they, they watch the wedding they and they're yeah. excited oh, about the baby. They put on like tiaras to watch the <laughs> right. wedding. They do all of that. Right. So that's 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 sort of the background. And the royal family situation is quantifiably like the whole, just the whole fact that they that they, from a government standpoint, right. are nothing yeah. but sort of figureheads. Yeah. I have nothing against the people. They seem nice. I just like to tease her. But I think it's ridiculous we spend so much time talking about it. But in the Western Hemisphere, that is as close as you get to a fairy tale situation. I know why right? they Princes like it. Yes, I, I understand the principle behind yeah. it. Um, as a matter of fact, we talked about it so much it became a franchise to where it was a set-alone piece. Mm-hmm. So it was actually it was scheduled to be sponsored. So and we even built a, a, a billboard. So there's an opening when we begin our fight about the royal family. They play this thing. Where I'm dressed as a joker and Haley is a queen, and mm-hmm. and then we have our our fight. Right. So on May 9th, we uh, went to a shoot 
where um, we had to get some extra B-roll. We get back late. And this happens three or four times a year where we don't really have a chance to prep for the show. So I literally have to rush back, put on my earpiece, and go sit in the chair and go. I don't choose the hot topic. Sometimes we'll, you know, I'll send notes to our producer, Catherine, and say, hey, I like this subject, I like this topic, and, and we'll, we'll discuss. That day, I didn't know what we were doing. Um, but, you know, we ping-pong stories. So if I read the first one, Haley reads the next one, and that's the way we operate. So we begin the show. About the, I don't know, it's the fifth or eighth story into it, we do a royal wedding uh, segment sketch right so we start the <clears throat> argument about that and she as I, you've I, done a million times as we've done a million times right. so we're into this blah 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 we're going at it we're going at it we're going at it and now we're done and we've got one more story to read and it's my turn to read so prompter starts rolling up mm-hmm. bbc disc jockey fired for uh prank pulling prank on royal family now, in my head, you know, hey, this sounds funny. What what did this guy do? Somebody's given these got, these rooms to come up and but yeah. but but the the context I, I, I you you have to understand from my standpoint. I didn't read Arkansas country music disc jockey fired for making fun of royal family. I read BBC disc jockey fired for making fun of royal family, and then I read using the chimpanzee in a depiction of the royal baby. Right away. I'm thinking Monty Python. I'm thinking fish, monkeys, absurdist humor, all of that stuff. That's my mind frame. And I laugh. I say, oh, here's my new favorite DJ. I say that because I'm thinking he is aligned with me and this is silly. That this is just an absurdist joke. That's an absurdist joke. That's, yeah, that's, that's, that's mocking that's my, more the, the image right, of we're expecting right. this to be, yeah. you know. I'm seeing this for the first time and that's my first thought. Mm-hmm. That's my original first thought. I don't know anything else other than that. Haley follows tabloids. She knows that there's a more darker tone to this, that it's... it's she knew that. Yeah, she okay. knew because right. she follows this stuff. So she goes, well, that's racist. And she, or I may have read the word, it's racist. And I went, what? And so now I'm confused as why is this racist? Because I don't see the image. And that's the other thing I'll get to in just a second because we don't have access. But I, I'm like, why, why is, What? And I'm like, well, we don't know if it's racist, meaning I'm saying, God, I hope this isn't racist. I just called this guy my favorite DJ. I don't know what that is. And this uh, occurs to you in your head. In my head. This all, is all happening all, within live. four or five seconds. Right. So all, all of this is yeah. happening. There's again, no go back. There's no hold on. I, right, I misspoke. Let's if, go back and do if this If we could have again. popped the image up, I could have retracted immediately and said, oh, wait a minute. Okay. That is, you know. But we don't have that image. I don't know what he's done. Um, and again, I'm in combat mode trying to score points against Haley. Hey, even a guy in England thinks the royal family's silly. So she, uh, again, starts yelling at me. No, that's racist. That's racist. And if you watch the video, you'll see me with my coffee mug. And I'm kind of leaned back in my chair. And to the uninitiated, I think I look smug and smirkish. But the truth is, I'm going, why do you keep saying this word? Why? You're trying to signal to her. Yeah, I'm looking what, at her, and from? I'm grinning, but I'm like, my wheels are spinning. Like, why does she keep saying the word racist? What has what is happening right now? And, and then I make a joke about her just to get out of it. I turn it on her. I make it about her, and I, we're done. Um, 
So we were so busy that day. Like we, we then we go to the next segment, next segment, next segment. And then we got stuff to shoot after. Um, so I don't have time to decompress or even think about anything I've done until that night. And I do think about like what did that guy do? And I go Google it. Um, since we didn't have access, CNN provides the images because uh, I I did ask Catherine. Had you started to see storm clouds on the horizon at no. this point, or was no. this just in your own head? Like, what was that all about? Yeah, that's weird. no, that's why because I had time. I was just I just got home, and you know, mm-hmm. and I'm thinking, oh yeah, what was that thinking? But what did that guy do? So then I look it up, and I go, holy cow! Yeah, okay, she's right. That is racist. This is what he's done. So I made up my mind. Uh, the next day, I'm going to apologize to my audience and go, hey, uh, yesterday, I was spouting off not knowing what this guy had actually done. And uh, I had talked with our mutual friend, Sean, and Sean said, you know what you should do is show show the photo. And I go, you're right, because that way I can explain to people why I need to apologize. Otherwise, people are going to be confused. Right. So we show the photo the next day. We can we get access to it, and I can show it. Did you show it on the first day? No. You didn't show it at all? I never all. saw it. It wasn't even aired on the, Correct. On the show. Correct. Okay. Cor- nobody saw the photo. I mean, Haley might have through some other means. I didn't, or producer didn't. Um, she just pulled the story from the wire and said this guy was fired for making fun of the royal family. I don't think our producer knew it was. I mean, I don't know. I, I, I can't speak for her, but I, I just know that, you know, I'm caught off guard with this whole thing. So I, and I, and I said specifically to the audience, I said, I'm going to show you this. And I said, look at it. And again, it's that old photo with uh, an elderly white couple holding hands with a chimpanzee dressed up. The real offending part is what the DJ did, which he said, uh, royal baby comes home from hospital. Racist. That's racist. Yes. And I said so. And I went on the show. I go, this is why I'm apologizing because I have accidentally aligned myself with this clown over in England. And I want you to know I am sorry. That's, this isn't me. That's not what I believe. I don't think that's funny at all. Because I was laughing, you know, when we started this segment. Because, I, again, I'm thinking, oh, here's a guy that got canned for being anti-royal. Mm-hmm. You know? Which, on the surface, that also makes sense. That it is jockey would be canned for being anti-royal. Well, sure. I thought the queen right? got uptight. Right. You know, there was this jockeys that somehow got Prince, uh, or somehow got the number to Windsor castle and told the got to the queen and said they were prince philip's doctor yes all, I all this stuff story. is yeah. in my head yeah. there are djs who are continue like uh russell brand has done yeah. that uh jonathan ross has done that these are all people who've played phone pranks and things like that there, there is a, that culture over there of let's mock the royal family and it's it's a big deal for them because there are a lot of people over there who right. still very hold, hold it in high regard but that's right. not that's that's what you were thinking that this was, of course, that's what I was thinking it was. I, race never entered my mind, not in the least. And again, that's why I was caught off guard when, when Haley brought it to my attention by, you know, screaming at me. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, and here's the thing, and I, the reason, and I've seen, you know, so much on social media. I, I wanted to apologize because it hurt me that, that I did that. You know, because I left that because if you take it out of context, which I gave it and you just watch the clip, which is the way it's edited now, it looks like I'm having a good time laughing at a racist joke. Mm-hmm. And I've never does, had, yeah, I've yeah. never had a good time laughing at a racist joke because I don't find them funny in the least. And, and I knew what damage that 
that was, not just to me, but to people that I care about and, and people that had trusted me to be inclusive and make sure that everybody that watches our show has a good time. And that's what I was so upset by myself, but by not being informed about that one particular story, right. you know? Yeah. I, it, <clears throat> I remember you even saying something to me on the day up. Yeah. Um, you said, I, I think. You, well, it was the next day. We, it was the next day. The next you, day, you and I, because I did, hey, Kentucky. I think right, me, we you were and just Matt. Chatting yeah, and, and I said, hey, yesterday I screwed up. Yeah. yeah I was you, telling you guys. Yeah, yeah, you told us that. You said, <clears throat> I can't, can't believe this happened. I mean, it, it, I remember that conversation that we had. Um, and, it, it, you know, it, it led to your dismissal. Well, first, first, I. I you know, they asked me, um, well, they didn't ask me to do anything. Actually, I asked to do the statement and, and apologize. But then I told Pat. So first I went through a series of phone calls that I made to people who reached out to the station. One, I wanted to explain myself, but two, to sincerely apologize. Because I, I know that, you know, all of a sudden you trust this person right. to be but normal. You've been on television for 20 uh, Well, I've been in front of an open micro microphone technically for 30 years yeah you've been on tv every day for th for yeah. 20 something years you've been doing open mics once a week yeah. every, you know, for, right. you know for and that's the other side of this to where you know it it seems odd that you think a guy for 30 years in front of an open microphone all of a sudden isn't just going to jump out and be a blatant racist right. you know that that's an odd call for a guy you know to to do that but, yeah, they, you know, I did, I did, I reached out to people, and then they decided we're going to suspend them, and then they decided they're going to fire them. Uh, next week, I'm going back, and they're going to shoot me, so we're going to continue the, uh, yeah. the parade. <laughs> uh, how, what's gone through your mind since the dismissal? You know, because, you know, I think because we, you know, people can see your apologies online, you know, like, but what has been going yeah. through your mind in these, in these days that you've, you know, been dismissed from your post? Um, I mean, what's, what do you, what do you think about during, I mean, like in this, I mean, does it still replay in your head? Is this something that still, um, that you still play over and over again? Is it like, God, I, I just wish I would have. Well, there's prepared a, enough. You know, here, yeah, here's the th You can do that and beat yourself up. Um, for that to even happen took so many tumblers to fall into place. We had to get back late, right? Mm -hmm. Because I always look at those scripts, if not for anything, to prepare a joke about it. So I would have known, I would have seen exactly what the guy had done all the way through it before I started commenting, and I would have kept my mouth shut and just read it and said what I really believe, which is, hey, this guy sounds like he's racist. I may not like the Royals, but I'm not going to do anything racist again. You know, that's, right. that's crazy. Um, two, if it was Haley's read instead of my read, all these things happened. And you have to, if you're a person of faith, you have to think, well, things happened for a reason. Yeah, I, I should have been prepared. I made a broadcasting error. I'm certainly not a racist, uh, but I had this accident, this gaffe, that gave a uh, perception of me that isn't true, and now i got to live with it. But that's the challenge for me now. Right. And it's not fun. 
but you know, I think I, all I can do is think the good Lord has got something else planned for me. You know, I, I think too. I mean, when you look back at that, I mean, like you can't also. I mean, you can also. You have to also give credence to what was said. You know, I mean, like you know, in that context, what was said did look like the worst of you coming. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, but it wasn't me at all. Right. It was a misinformed me. Right commenting on something that actually wasn't happening right. in my head as I'm reading I'm thinking this guy had done something normal mm -hmm. it was a, again it was a huge broadcasting error actually you know if if I was the company I would have agreed I thought they yeah if you go out there on the tightrope and I'm a professional broadcaster it's I make live that, television I make but yeah. if I make an egregious mistake like that you should probably suspend me Firing, I don't know, because then you look at the body of work and you go, we're going to blow him out for a mistake. The guy's been with us 21 years. Right. He's never said or done anything like this ever. We know that's not who he is. We take him at his word. It seems a little overkill to me you fire a person, because then you set a precedent that terrifies every employee you got. Right. That, that's a good point. You know, I, I, you know, I think – to that if people saw this and did not and we're not familiar with your body of work we're not familiar with your specific personality right. yeah. obviously it or looks the show it looks a certain way yeah. and i think that it, it, it also comes down to and to situation where you know you you you're a comedian mm -hmm. you make jokes and mm -hmm. i think that it's it's a comedian's job too to look at all the angles which you were unable to do mm -hmm. before you made that joke, mm -hmm. um, and I can certainly I can certainly see and I, mean, I know you can too why that would be a problem for an African American community seeing that out of context for the first time, um, because it is you know that it, that joke that that BBC disc jockey made was so horrendously you know, out of line. Um, it was just terrible. Um, but, I, you know, I, I, you have to, I think, understand, too, why the African-American community would be upset at seeing that, just that, j that clip, right? I mean, Why do you think I apologize well, right course, away? Yeah, right. Because I, I knew what it had done. If you, it, again, if you, and that's what I was, uh, the greatest anxiety I had is people are going to look at this out of context and they're going to, they're going to see the worst of humanity. A guy thinks this is funny, which I do not. And right. I did not. Even at the time, I did not. Right. I, I was thinking it was something else. Um, so, yeah, I know. I know that. But I will say this, too. Um, you know, I, I, I had to deal with for a couple of weeks this a lot of hate and negativity. You know, got my first death threat. That's fun. Um, but I got a thimble full of hate followed by a tanker truck full of love. Mm -hmm. And the most zealous in that group of people that supported me was people of color that have come to me, have written to me, have hugged me, run to me out, caught me in my car, and, I mean, and, and told me, Lee, you're good. Mm -hmm. We know you. This, you know, and I and I and I've had time to try to think and you know wrap my head around that, and I think a lot of it is, in my opinion, is that they have dealt with real racism in their life, 
and they recognize that their antenna is much more attuned to it uh, oh, yeah, than you yeah. and I would be, mm-hmm. and they know that I'm not. And so they they want me to know that, that I they know that was not. Yeah. You know, that I just made a dumb mistake. Yeah, you're an idiot, but, you know, you're not you're not evil. You're not a racist. Right. I think what you just said is very poignant, that, that, that there's a certain antenna that's higher tuned to that. And I think that, you know, as – White males, you know, we sometimes can get complacent to the fact that there are, there are, there are uh, communities that are under fire a lot and that have to deal with that thing as a part of their real life every day, you know, and that when you hear something like that, it is, it is such a, um, it's such a hurtful thing, especially, you know, the, the joke that the that BBC disc jockey made. And I think that um, you know, in comedy, it's 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 tricky. It's a tightrope because you have to, you know, we've talked on this show about how the how good comics push the envelope. You know that we've talked about that many times. Um, and I think that there's a there's an aspect to this that you know I think that sometimes uh, people of, of of our of our race and, and gender even can sometimes forget oh, I don't want to say forget but I mean I, I maybe become a little bit lazy to the fact that um, there are people out there who could be more hypersensitive to certain conventions certain uh, jokes certain uh, attitudes and so I think that what happened with you is that you uh, inadvertently, Stepped in one of those puddles, right? And it and it looked it looked very you know right yeah you know, it looked it, it looked very bad. So um, I know that at at LEX, I mean, it uh, the day after your dismissal was just uh, I mean it was a, it was a, it was like a morgue over there, you know. I mean you you were uh, a cornerstone of of that station, and um, people were upset. They were hurt, and I think that that comes from the fact that they know you. And they know no one in that building was out to get you. I mean, like no one, no one was out. No, because I think they have the benefit of knowing who you are, knowing your heart, knowing you know the type of person that you are. Um, and uh, you know, I, 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 I just um, I know that it's an unfortunate situation that happened to you. Uh, but uh, you know, I, it's a it's a slippery slope. You know, and and I. What do you mean slippery slope? Well, I mean, like you know, I think that you 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 yourself said. I mean, what what would you have done if you were, if you were management? You would definitely have suspended you. For I think that. I would have. Yeah, you know. I mean, I don't know. I Lee, you look like an idiot. Yeah. Just for that reason alone, you didn't know what you were talking about. Yeah. And so you, you know, you you hurt people with that, which killed me. It it literally killed me. Oh, I know. We we talked, and, and I, I, I mean, could hear it in your voice. I mean, I knew it yeah. wasn't about me. I wasn't apologizing to save my job, and all. you know, it was just I got to make this right. I do. This is not who I am. I don't want to hurt anybody ever. It's made me so much more aware too of people in the news cycle how quick we are to judge. You know, mm-hmm. we think we know the story, and, and and I'm not so sure we do. You know, you know, being on this side of it, it's like. Because, man, you see a lot of misinformation out there. You know, when you're a part of a thousand conversations, it's the oddest, most surreal thing I've ever been through in my life where literally thousands and thousands of people are arguing over you. Right. And none of them have a clue as to what they're talking about. Right. You know, and you're getting 
haters from both sides, you know. Um, you're getting the language control people that um, are zero tolerance, which is, jeez, um, that's a whole philosophy that uh, I don't necessarily agree with. Or, or then you get r legitimate racists who want to use this as some weapon, you know, to, all of that. I was seeing all of that. Going that's on. and that's a, another problem. Is that there are le there are legitimate, hardcore racists 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 out there, and you don't want to be thrown into that pool. You know, yeah. you don't want to be seen as one of one of those hor horrific people. You know, but I think you and I are the same. And like I, I, I'm the type of person that even if I think I might have accidentally misspoke to somebody, like. Like, I, I remember recently one time I, I asked somebody about a parent, and their parent had passed away, and mm -hmm. I'd forgotten about that. And I didn't correct it at the time. Yeah. I thought about it later, and because in the moment it was like, well, my, my mom passed away, and I was like, oh, right. And I, I'm thinking in my head, ah, I should have known that. You know, yeah. like, why did I say that? What an right. idiot. Yeah. And that was a one-on-one -on -one conversation that I could go back and say, hey, listen, you know, I'm, I'm so sorry, you know. Mm -hmm. You what you did affected a whole community of people, so yeah. it's it's difficult for you to to go one on one, and you tried. I, yeah, anybody you that called, called people, the, yeah, absolutely, dozens and dozens of phone calls to people that would uh, call in. But you know, I, there there are some people though. You know, it, thank God there are normal folks out there uh, that still outnumber crazy people. Um, I remember seeing on social media, you know, because I sincerely wanted to reach out and make sure that, uh, one, not that I just explain myself, but try to heal. And then I saw some lady that was upset that I was doing that, that I, it was, she compared it, to, she, she, it was equitable to uh, a predator allowed to contact the victim. Mm. You know, and I thought, well, that's, that's an odd way of looking at this. Yeah. Um, so it was, well, it's a it thing, was it's on a both thing sides. There is enough lunacy out there to yeah. to cause the rest of us trouble. But really, I mean, listen, I I I don't know what's going to happen with me, but I do know that uh, I I couldn't I I couldn't be more humble by the outpouring of support and love that I've gotten. And, and you have. And yeah. I and I God bless these people and the stories that they've told me that what what it meant to them. As they were either going through chemo or, or you know, my my wife was she she passed in the last four months of her life at 12:30. She could decompress and just laugh at you and Haley, mm -hmm. and I got dozens of those stories, and um, it meant everything to me that they would share that and that you know we touched them in the way I wanted to. I wanted it to be a, a, an inclusive show where people could have sanctuary and just forget about their worries for a while mm -hmm. and there are going to be people who you're not going to win back over yeah i think there were people though who didn't like me to begin with and then use that to use use my mistake as as a weapon but i gave it to them you know that's on me right because i you know it was it was a gaffe and it was a, it was an accident but it was a it was one that in today's society is fatal it was, and I think it's fatal because it, it's very serious. You know, I mean, it, it's it's not just saying, you know, uh, it's not. It, it's something that's so I think um, pinpoint. You know, that it, I think it, it was very hard to hear for some people. And like I said, there are going to be some people who are going to have a very hard time letting go of that. But I think that. But okay, but I mean, to for a guy who, 
did not intend. Right. And 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 was not in any shape, way, way, shape, or form inferring anything about racist. And to hold on to that, that's a bitter heart. That's uh, that you gotta, you gotta let that go if you're ever going to attain any kind of happiness. Mm-hmm. I mean, and and that's for me too. I gotta let my like you asked me about. You know, you think about replay that in your head. Well, I, I could never get. I can never get through life if I just keep replaying that in my head. I got to think there's something that somebody else is is doing something for me. A higher power is because I don't know how this this is the dumbest thing ever in my mind because that's not me. And then I make this mistake, and it looks like it's me, but it isn't. And now I got to live with this thing. There, I got to put my trust in God to get through the rest of this because there's no way I can survive yeah. if I hang on to it. And I know you, uh, and I know you not to be the type of person that you appear to be in this moment. Um, and I, I, I hope that the people who know you will hang on to that, and I hope that the people who maybe mistrust you now will come around to understanding that that, that, that is not you as well. And, um, you know, I, I'm glad that we were able to, to talk about this. I know this has been a, a, a difficult situation for for you and for the the people who were upset with you and you know i think that um i i think that there are i'm sure there are you know better things on the horizon for you and i hope that uh i i sincerely hope as your friend and as somebody who loves you that you know you're able to kind of achieve that 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 sort of peace with the people with your detractors and uh and um uh, find your way forward does that make sense yes so well uh, so regardless, you know, we, we, uh, we're glad to be back with you guys. We yeah. haven't been on, we haven't. So this is the transition you've planned. Is this the segue <laughs> we're going to see I didn't see know here? how I was going to transition this. This was, like, this is one of the things I didn't know what I was going to, how I was going to transition. But, uh, <laughs> but I'm glad that I'm glad to see you again. I haven't even seen you since all this went down. We've talked on the phone several times, yeah. but, but I haven't seen you and, um, and uh, I'm I'm glad to be back here with you in, in in our space where we can have some fun. And uh, we're we're glad uh, that uh, you listeners have come back to to, to join us again. And uh, we hope to move forward. Well, wait now. a minute, do you have anything you need to be forgiven for? Is there a mistake or an issue in your life that I could? No, I'm pretty good. Do a therapy session with no, you. I'm pretty. Ask you tough questions about uh, some gaff you've made. Nope, I'm pretty gaff free. Yeah, pretty. Should I call your wife and ask goofs, her if that's no, true? No goofs, gaffs, nothing mm-hmm. in my. Uh, okay. <laughs> yeah, my wife might have some <laughs> ideas of things you could talk to me about, but, but yeah, now, uh, I yeah yeah, this is not about me. This no, is, you sure you <laughs> yeah. don't want to? Why don't we? Why don't we delve into it? <laughs> no, let's uh, let's keep everything above board. Um, but uh, you know, I I I I'd like to move to move on and, and um and get back into what we do best. Which is talk about pop culture, you right. know, which is a show we've done for 58 episodes, and this will be no different because the Funkhauser situation will continue. We've had a lot of great, as you've seen on Twitter, we yeah. had a lot of great, you know, yeah. support asking us when we were coming back, and that's mm-hmm. all very much appreciated. And yep. uh, so hopefully we can 
do that. Um, what have you been? Uh, you, you, uh, well, I finished uh, what? What? Catch twenty two. I finished that last night. It's good, wasn't it? It was so well done. I it mean, really the, was. The production values are through the roof on that thing. Uh, it kind of reminded me that they shot it through this sort of brown, dirty filter. Yeah. Or a golden filter that gives it sort of this uh, classic look. And it reminded me of when Old Brother Where Art Thou was. Uh, but they did theirs chemically. You know, they actually ran film, celluloid, through some chemical process. Did they to really? give it that look. This obviously is digital. but Yeah. But it looks so good, and it's so well done. You know, and I know George Clooney had, you know, did most of it, and it's it's fantastic. Well, his production partner plays the Doctor, Grant Heslop. Oh yeah, that's okay. his that's his production partner. Uh, if you don't know what Catch Twenty Two is, it's a very famous novel uh, by Joseph Heller. I think it came out maybe sixties. Yeah, I never read the book, but I did see the movie. Yeah, um, yeah, Who Alan Arkin. Alan Arkin. Mike Nichols made the movie. Now right. Alan Arkin played Yossarian. Yeah. Um, I, it's funny. I, I have started rereading the, the novel again. Mm -hmm. I read it in high school and I remember just thinking it was so funny. And I remember it being the first novel that I thought I didn't know novels could be funny. Like yeah. at that point I was in high school and we were reading right. great expectations, blah, 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 you know, like great expectations and, uh, uh, Shakespeare and things like that. And so I had never seen anybody be laugh out loud, funny in print mm -hmm. before I read catch 22 and I remember just loving it. Yeah. And now I go back and I read it, and it's crazily, like, as a writer, I now see how much that book influenced the way I write. Yeah. Like, I, okay. I, 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 I can see, mm -hmm. I can, like, I can look at that book now, and I can read it, and I go, oh, my God, I, I, right. I stole so many tricks from this book yeah. that, that, that it must have lodged in my head right. in terms of writing in a funny way. Yeah. And um and I loved seeing the uh, I remember watching the movie, and I remember thinking it was okay. I really liked the series though because there were characters in the in the book like uh, Milo Minderbinder, who is a tough character to nail. Yeah. Um, he's a character in the book who promotes himself to the head of the mess hall yeah. because the head of the mess hall can contract airplanes. Right. So he promotes himself in order to start using airplanes for his own yeah. purposes. Basically a war, for, war profiteer oh, yeah. in the middle of the camp. But and he's he, easily the favorite character, though. It's yeah, he's so bright and sunny and likable. Uh, yeah, entrepreneur. It just, yeah. yeah, and he's, and you know, by the end of the book, he's running yeah, food everything. all over the globe. Yeah. yeah, he's got his own industry basically yeah. running out of this uh, yeah. Italian uh, mm -hmm. air camp. Um, and that's a great kid. There's a great episode that focuses on him. And the guy that played Yossarian was really good. I thought he was too. I'd never seen I him before. Him. He reminds me of the guy that played Mindy's boyfriend on the Mindy Project, the doctor. Oh, uh, pa Adam Pally? Maybe. From Happy Endings? No. No, no, no. Oh, no, no. No, no not that guy. Uh, oh, no, you, you're the guy from the newsroom. Messina, I think is his name. Maybe. Chris Messina. I'm just saying he was Mindy Kaling's uh, boyfriend for the for the majority of the show. I watch a lot of that. Show. He looks just like him. They look just alike. I'll take your word for that. Okay. I'm going to look him <laughs> Noted. up. Noted. I'm going to look him up so I can show you. I know who you're talking about. He was on the newsroom. He played Mary Tyler Moore's son. What? Yeah, he was on the newsroom. I'm pretty sure. Okay. Yeah. He's that old? No, the newsroom was on HBO 
four years ago. Oh, I thought you said Mary <laughs> Tyler Moore show. No, he wasn't his, his son on the Mary Tyler Moore show. He yeah. would have been seven years old. I don't know if we're talking about the same guy. I know. Because when the, you see this guy, you're going to go, him. You're gonna go oh, yeah. Good good, uh, good radio. Let's look at things on our phone. Maybe it is Chris Messina. Is that what you said? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, you know who it is. Then. Well, he looks just like the Catch-22 kid. Yeah, he does. Okay. I'll accept your apology now. For I'm not apologizing like for that. <laughs> Are you still watching what we do in the shadows? Yes. I, I'm, I'm oh, still I'm behind, goodness. so I got three or four left. But, yeah, that's that's a great show. It really is. And it's it, they've really pulled off something amazing in that the movie's great. You've seen the movie. Yeah, love the movie. And they, I'm always skeptical of TV shows based on movies. Because yeah. I feel like, how are you going to recapture? Are you going to recast everybody? That's going to be weird because we saw them in the movies and they were this person. Now we've got to mm-hmm. get to know this person in, in another way. But they changed the characters. They, have, they, they switched out all the characters to be different personalities, and that's yeah. why it works. Yeah, and the actors are so good. I mean, they yeah, embody they really those characters. <laughs> yeah. They're so different and unique. They really sell it. Yeah. It's great. It's a show about, we've talked about it on here before, about four vampires who share a house together. What, mm-hmm. what city are they in? Staten Island. They're Staten Island, that's right, yeah. And uh, they've been sent over there by some head vampire to colonize America. Right. And they've done nothing but just hang hang out in this house because yeah. they're a bunch of idiots. And then the, the Baron shows up. Then the Baron shows up, and they have yeah, to yeah. act like they've turned everybody, you know. But they've taken all those uh, mythologies about vampires yeah. and, and used them as devices for jokes. It's really good. It's and, really and, well done. And like, they, you, get, you can't go in any place unless you're invited. Right. You know, yeah, all of that stuff, and they use also all the all the great facets of of mythology in their terms of like they're just sexually ravenous creatures, yeah. and uh, uh, one's an energy vampire who yeah, who guy. just zaps yeah. your energy by talking to you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He's a great he's a great character. Yeah. He's hardly ever around. Yeah. He just will pop up every now and then. Yeah, they don't really like that guy. Right in the movie, there was the Nosferatu type guy that was in the basement all the time yeah. in the uh, mm. coffin, and who looked like the who looked like the pointy eared, yeah. which the sort of the Baron in, <laughs> yeah, in the TV kinda. version. You know what is so impressive about this show, other than the joke writing, is the production values because it's meant to look like it's a documentary on the cheap. But when they do their effects, they blend yeah. organically so seamlessly. It's really like good. The bat, like when they turn into a bat and yeah, turn all back into a person. Or if the guy, you know, eats food yeah. and then he throws up and it rockets himself around. Yeah. I think the Baron yeah. did that, ate a piece of when pizza. When they eat yeah. human food, yeah. yeah, they can't handle it. It's so well done. Yeah. Um, and they, uh, they, uh, they also, um, they, what was I going to say? Um, there's something going on but uh, there's Jack Pilgrim. Hey, Jack. Um, yeah, it's just they, they do a great job, and, and they're all different characters. But I think Jermaine Clement and Taika Watiti, who played roles they're in the first movie. executive producing this thing. It's funny. I was talking to a friend of mine uh, this week, and he had not seen the movie, but he's been watching the show. Uh-huh. And he watched the movie, and he didn't like it as well as the show. Yeah. And I think it's whichever one you I watch first so. yeah. is your thing, yeah. you know. But they have a they have a werewolf, a group of werewolves that yeah, are their rivals, yeah. which is great. Love that. Um, it's Love a lot that. of fun, and it's almost probably done with its first season. It's on FX. You can go check it out. Yeah. Ten season, ten episodes in. So. Yeah, I think I got three left, maybe. Yeah, yes. you got some good ones left. Good. I, I'm caught up. I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, um, Lee, it's summertime. Yes, it is. 
The birds are singing. Mm-hmm. The sun is hot okay. on our necks. Well, is that right? It is. That's true. It's, it's getting there. That's an odd saying. <laughs> it's a poetic saying. Hot on our necks. Is that a thing? I don't know. I don't know. Never heard it before. I say it all the time. People always. Uh, the sun's you know, hot on my just neck. Like that. <laughs> yeah. Hot on my face. Yeah. Sunburn. Baseball. Um, you seen any of these big hot summer movies? So Godzilla. Yeah. Tell me about that. Eh. You know who I love, though? I mean, this guy is a – he's so good. It's a Kyle Chandler guy. He's in Catch-22. He's in Catch-22. And Godzilla, he's right? Godzilla. It's just guy. He's just believable. He can do anything. He's just believable. Whatever he's doing, you believe that's really the yeah. dude doing it. He, uh, my favorite – I can tell you my favorite Kyle Chandler scene ever that he's ever done. I didn't watch Friday Night Lights, so I'm sure that's probably a much better one in that show that everybody yeah. loves. Yeah, I never watched But um, his scene in Wolf of Wall Street mm. – where he visits DiCaprio on the yacht. Yeah. You remember that? Yeah. And he's trying to he's trying to kind of like buddy up to him, but mm-hmm. also get information. And you can tell they're both reading each other. Yeah. It's a masterful scene. A lot of layers. Oh, it's great. It's funny and it's interesting. And yeah. you know DiCaprio's on to him and you know Chandler's on to DiCaprio. Uh-huh. Yeah. And uh, it's just this great moment of mm-hmm. uh, two characters yeah. who don't want to say what they're up to. Yeah. They're both up to something. Yeah, um, yeah, he's really good. So, but so, are you saying that it's this movie is? Um, what's eh. wrong with it? It's visually probably great, right? Yes, I, I can't find any fault with the effects. Um, it's just not much of a story. Is it? Do we see everything in the commercials? Because I feel like it's a little long. Listen, I, I knew what it was going <laughs> to be, so I, I go in there to watch monsters fight. You know, that's why you go yeah. see this. But you don't need it. Even though it wasn't that long, it felt long, you know, because they kept putting the main characters in different perilous situations. And, you know, after the eighth time, you're like, well, how stupid are you people? You know, you keep putting yourself yeah. back in this position. Where you're yeah. underneath of the thing. Get out of there. <laughs> yeah. Um, I thought the last one was good. I haven't seen this one yet. Um it's okay. Now, the, the, at the end of the last one, like the coda after the credits, was that they were setting a, up a King Kong Godzilla matchup. Is that alluded to at all in this movie? They mention Kong. You don't see Kong. Because that last King Kong movie was real deal good. You thought so? Yeah, I liked it. Well, I didn't think so. I'll I tell you what it. was good. What? Aladdin. Aladdin was great. Yeah. yeah. Here's the thing What is this? A caveat? Yeah. It's great. But it's only great because it's exactly the same as it's the... It's not exactly the same. It's pretty much exactly well, the same. It's the same story, but it's done in a different style. The, the dialogue's the same. Not exactly I'm the pretty same. close. You know what that movie made me want to do? Go watch Hitch again. Yeah. <laughs> because it was so refreshing to see Will Smith be charming, mm-hmm. funny Will Smith again. Now, you know, lately he's been doing concussion movies and yeah. down on his luck movies and... Right. I mean, the best movie he's done in the last 10 years was the Suicide Squad, and that was quantifiably a terrible uh, yeah, movie. That was horrible. But he's, he's the only good thing good in that. I, I've always wondered. No, he's not the only thing good. I like the kid who, or if he, I don't know if he's a kid. No, I'm saying Suicide Squad. Oh, in Suicide Squad, yes. But in Aladdin, I think that guy's going to be a star. Yeah, you're really into that Aladdin guy. I like that guy. He's a good-looking guy. Maria, have you seen it? Oh, well, he's a good-looking guy. Well, wait till you see him, because Lee can't shut up about how good-looking he is. <laughs> well, he is. I just somebody, he's, he's, uh, <laughs> he's magnetic. He's got an intangible that, you know, a real star has, like a Chris Pratt or a 
M- I, let's not M's go. Worth. Let's not I'm go crazy and say Chris Pratt is on line with the guy. The guy, the, can, the guy guy's going to be a big star. Write it down. He is. What's his name? I don't know. <laughs> well, I can tell you. <laughs> you did. It was talk. weird. We talked about this on the phone, and you just gushed about how handsome this guy <laughs> was. was. I was handsome. like, what's going on he here? He was a handsome dude. I could tell you you thought so. Yeah. Um, special effects were good. Mm-hmm. There, it's funny. There, there was one thing that occurred to me in that, in that uh, live action movie was that a lot of the genie's jokes, and don't get me wrong, he's not playing Robin Williams. He's playing Will Smith as which was a good the same role. Guy Ritchie choice, by the but way. But a lot of the genie's lines are the same. Did you notice that? Yeah. Because I remembered yeah. a lot of those jokes, and it was really funny to me because what was that ninety two? Yeah. Something, something like that. that. Yeah. Some of those genie jokes, you know, Robin Williams had this affectation where he would like go into like this kind of faux faux homosexual character. Oh, yeah. You know what I'm saying? Right. And there were some jokes in the Aladdin, in the original Aladdin, that might be a little bit, you know, mm-hmm. might be a little bit mocking yeah. of homosexuals. And those jokes stayed in the live-action movie. Yeah, well, I, I don't know if they planned the defense of that or not, but I think it's more of a stage persona, Bob Fosse choreographer thing. Because I, yeah. I remember Robin Williams even saying Bob Fosse's name, I think. Fosse, 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 you know, even Oh, yeah. That. You're thinking of Birdcage. Well, that too. Yeah, he did that. But I think Cage. he did it in Aladdin. I think he mentions either Bob Fosse or... I wouldn't be surprised. He mentioned so many things in Aladdin, yeah, as right. we've talked about before. Yeah, that was the perfect vehicle it for, is. for Robin Williams. Yeah. Because that's the only way you could catch up with him visually is to yeah. animate it. There's probably never been a, an animated character more perfect for their voice counterpart. Yeah. Than that Robin Williams yeah. genie character. Ever, yeah. Because it could be anything. He could turn into anything and... They said, and when they did that, they just let him run, right? Yeah. And then they just animated to what he said, right, right. which yeah. is amazing. Of course, I guess now with the effects we got, you could do it. Live action. Which they did, kind of. Yeah, with, you know? with Will Smith. And he did a good job. I liked Will Smith. He was really good in this. Yeah, he really was. Yeah. Um, yeah, I thought the, they added a song in for Jasmine. Yeah, I didn't care for that. I didn't think they needed it. I was, I, I'm not going to mention this on this podcast, but I told you we were thinking about Will Smith, uh, his character Hancock, and, and yeah. uh, my favorite scene is at the end of the movie with Mike Epps when he lands and he, he doesn't say Hancock. He turns around and says, Hand something else. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but it reminded me, uh, Mike Epps was a comedy off Broadway, and you know I was just hanging out. In Recently, the, right? Yeah, this, is, this has been three or four years oh. ago. And uh, I'm hanging out in the lobby with uh, our mutual friend, Scott Wilson, and our other mutual friend, Tim Young, mm-hmm. who works at, at the station. And those guys together are easily above 6'6", six, six, but they're older. Yeah. Mike Epps comes out of the green room getting ready to walk on the stage. So we're in the lobby, and I'm standing next to Scott and Tim, you know. And he, and he kind of does a double take and looks at Scott and Tim, and he says, what is this, an ABA reunion? <laughs> he, uh, <laughs> is this an old ABA reunion? And then he walked right into the stage. <laughs> that was just his and life. That was just it. He just, just kept effortless? Yeah. yeah, just effortless. you got to love a joke like that. Oh, yeah. Like, it comes to me, I say it, I'm yeah, out. Yeah, yeah, he walked he out. walk through, make a joke. Yeah. Mike Epps wouldn't come on Hey, Kentucky, so I got a little beef with him. Oh, yeah. I tried to get him on, yeah. but he didn't want any part of that. So, I'm tainted on Mike Epps, just so you know. He doesn't need to do media. You don't think so? I, I disagree. I think he does need to nah, do well, media. Well, he doesn't think he does. No, he, he doesn't think he needs to do Because he sells out, so yeah. why does he need to do it? Well, Lee, you know, I, I mentioned this to you last night. What are some movies that make you think of summer, summer is here? 
Like, well, what are some movies that like you equate with that summer feeling? Right. You know, good time. You know, uh, feel good summer movies. Breaking Away. <laughs> you are so old. <laughs> <laughs> That's a great reference for the three people in our audience who are like, is that Dennis Quaid? Uh-huh. Young Dennis Quaid? Mm-hmm. Yeah, look how old Dennis Quaid is now. Yeah. He's 90. He's not 90. He's, he's he old. looks good, actually. You've seen him do those. Uh, he some as, does he look as good as the insurance. guy who played Aladdin? No, it's insurance commercials. He doesn't do insurance commercials. He does something like that. What no, is he, he doing? No, he doesn't. Yes, he is. He's walking around in the You're thinking jacket, of that. no tie, and he's, yeah, I think it's, it's something like that. It's one of those companies. I don't even know what they're. Yes, it is. He's not doing I'm commercials. Look it up. You're, you know, you're crazy. He was in a movie just recently called The Intruder, where he played an old man oh, yes. who keeps well, coming back that, and terrorizing the, the couple that buys his house. Right. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. I, which that's a redo of, of a million movies, right? Yeah. The one I'm thinking of though is Ray Liotta, maybe. Oh, you're, that's a uh, unlawful entry. And 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 uh, uh, Michael Keaton specific heights. No, that's what I was thinking. No, not that one. But that's a similar movie too, where he plays the creepy landlord. True. But Ray Liotta and Kurt Russell. Yeah. Yeah. And I remember. This. What's Kurt Russell's handsomeness level? You go. To, you want to weigh in uh, on that? He's good looking. Is he guy, still looking yeah, pretty yeah, handsome? Yeah. Well, I don't know about now. All right. But he uh, is the homeowner, and Ray Liotta is this cop who befriends them, and then just starts hanging around way too much. Yeah. It ends up he's terrorizing, destroying Kurt Russell's life. And I is remember, he in love with his wife or something? No. Yeah, he is ends up being is? in love okay. with Kurt Russell's wife and tries to put the moves on her. And that's the that's the climactic scene, and then there's this fight. Now here's when I realized I guess I was different than people, because um, I'm in a crowded theater watching this, and it's very intense. And the girl I was dating at the time's gripping the seat, and Kurt Russell hits Ray Liotta with a frying pan, and it went ding, and I laughed so hard. The only laugh in the entire theater. Just because of the sound and effect? she got so mad at me. Was just appalled that I would laugh at Why? That. I don't know. She just thought, this is not, this is violence. It's yeah, not it's funny. Right. What that's kind not, of monster not, are you? Fun. Right. But I couldn't help but think of Roadrunner and Wile E. Coyote. I went, clang. This is why you should only take dates to see Stop and My Mom Will Shoot, as we've well established on yeah, this program. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so uh, moving on from uh, Handsome Dennis Quaid, what are some movies that make you think of the summer, summertime? Uh, well, you know, it's odd because I think that maybe it's more fall, but I kind of, but my first instinct was Doc Hollywood. Oh. Hmm. I saw that in the summer. I remember That's a great movie. Julie, what's her face in the lake? I remember that. With Julie Warner. Julie what's Warner? happened to her? I don't know. She was in that movie and she was in Tommy Boy, and then she dis- she was Mr. Saturday Night. I loved her, yeah, Mr. Yeah. Saturday yeah, that's Night. A good movie Polka too. dot dress table eight. Yeah, she's really good in that too. But then she disappeared. I don't know what she does now. Yeah, I think she's on something. I don't know. Well, hope I hope so. think she's still working. It'd be awful. She's not doing anything. By the way, did you see the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame? Um. The actual edifice, or no, the no, the show, the the induction ceremony. No, when was it on? Uh, it's I on mean, HBO. It's so good, right? I mean, I, I love that every year. Tom Hanks produces that, by the way. Yeah. yeah I, Who was in this year? Was it uh, Shaka Khan? No, it was Janet Jackson. The Cars? No. Radiohead. 
Radiohead was in. And they didn't come and do – were they all there? No, they weren't all there. They didn't perform. Um, Stevie Nicks. Then uh, Roxy uh, – Roxy Music. I like Roxy Music, you know. Uh, the, the Cure. Sun, the Cure. The, by the way, did you see that great clip and made the rounds on Twitter of that excitable uh, British journalist talking to Robert Smith? No. And she comes up to him, you know, Robert Smith is just no, I know. famously dour. Yeah. He's like king of the goths. Well, maybe and, I did see that. And now he's old, and he just looks he looks like a character from what we do in the shadows. Right. Now. He still right. looks yeah. the same, only he's, he's like 60-something. He's 60, lipstick, it's and really very weird. pale. And this uh, effusive uh, journalist is up there like, aren't you so excited to be inducted in the Hall of Fame? And this is such an exciting day. That. And he, yeah. said, looks, he just looks at her very deadpan and goes, not as excited as you, <laughs> yeah. apparently. Right. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, it's great. Uh, the zombies, they made it in okay. finally, and then uh, Def Leppard. Awesome. Do you but, think Def Leppard deserved to be in? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, How could you even suggest that? I don't know. They, I don't know. I think there are still their bands out there that should have gotten in before Def Leppard. Def you, Leppard. You're looking at me right now with such a look. Like you look like I just said. You were because you're. This is insane. It's talk. not insane talk. Def Leppard was the, one of the biggest bands. In of the four late, years. In the late 80s. Of four, a four-year period. Who else sells out arenas and stadiums the way those guys in did? In a four-year period. Yeah. That's it. No, it's not. That's, That's my not point. It. They still do it. No, yeah, they still do it. You yeah. know who goes to those things now? A bunch of... Old people? A bunch of 50-year-olds you, you wearing cowboy, like, fashionable, I'm going to the lake cowboy hats and drinking, you know, margaritas and wooing, you know. You're such an elitist. <laughs> what? Would you go see Def Leppard now? If somebody gave me a ticket. There you go. I wouldn't. There you go. I There's your pay. Hall of Famers. They just said, I'll only go if somebody gives me a free ticket. I'm not going to pay Yet to go see anybody, though. They're the greatest fans in history. I'm not going to pay to see anybody. Who would you pay to see now? No, I wouldn't. I would pay to see The Cure. I, 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 I would pay to see Anthony Jeselnik. Okay, the, the, he's not a musician. I don't care. I would pay to see him. Uh, you know, a couple other comics that we love, but I wouldn't pay to see a band. I just wouldn't. I'd go if you gave me a ticket. I might go. You wouldn't pay to see a band. No. And you're here telling me who should be in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, yes. who shouldn't, and correct. you wouldn't even buy it, purchase that a, a monetary is, value yes, ticket that's for a show. That's how concert. I see it. Yes, absolutely. But yet you're qualified to tell me who More should be who should be in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. How long were you a DJ? That's a good point. You okay. were a DJ. You yeah. do know your stuff. Yeah. But anyway. But, uh, you, you know, I would like to point out that this is almost our one-year anniversary of you never having heard of the yacht rock genre. Still haven't. I, that's crazy. Yacht rock's the best. I've already started up this summer. I'm is, yacht rocking it is up. Is that a lot of Buffett? No, that's not, not Buffett at all. Okay. It's like... Um, uh, ambrosia. Oh, I don't do that. I like a lot, ambrosia. A lot of ambrosia. <laughs> I like your ambrosia. Baker Street. Guy, I love Baker Jerry Street. Jerry Rafferty. Yeah, I love that. It's uh, it's a lot of you. I heard Deacon Blue. Oh, Steely other, Dan. Yeah. yeah. Um, who else is on there a lot? Well, I like uh, Doobie these, Brothers. Yeah, I like the Doobie Brothers. Like the Doobie Brothers. Well, okay, so I like Yacht Rock. You don't know me, but yeah. I'm your father. <laughs> That's a. Good, I love Michael McDonald's voice. Yeah. Um, oh, anyway, we're back to my, so anyway, one of the presenters, I forgot, maybe it's for the zombies, was Susanna Hoffs. Oh, my goodness. So she is, she is a, one of. I've had a crush oh, on her. Oh, me too. Forever. She's one of I'm young Chris Tomlin's you, first crushes. I'm, I'm telling you, she walked out there, and my jaw hit the floor. 
She's 60, okay? I swear. She's not 60. I swear to God, she looks like she's 32. I've never seen oh anybody I, that so well preserved. Oh, I love her. I haven't heard that, that name good. in so long. You need to look at the look at Susanna Hoffs. What is her uh, secret? She's you know who she's married to? Oh, Jay Roach. Oh, really? The director yeah. who made uh, Austin Powers yeah, and yeah. everything like that. Oh, that's why she was in all. Yeah, the, yeah she's okay. in all that stuff. Yeah. yeah. Um. Yeah. I, no, I love Susanna Hoffs. Remember her in the Walk Like an Egyptian video? No, yeah. Oh man, that makeup. I love the bangles. Yeah, yeah. they're great. Um, but anyway, I was asking you about summer movies. Yeah. Well, okay. What were your favorites? I have a list. Do you have a list? Nah, I don't need a list. Yeah, whatever. Um, you've got time. You could have put a list together. Um, I was thinking vacation. Uh, vacation's a good vacation's one. Yeah, I agree one. with that. I agree with that. I got um, Jaws. Yeah. Is a good summer movie. Right. Great Outdoors. Remember that movie with uh, Candy right. and Aykroyd? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, one. one Crazy Summer, which was uh, Cusack and Demi Moore. I think it's like '86. Yeah. Okay. Now Ends with the big regard. <laughs> now you're off. Now you're off. Now we're uh, weekend at Bernie's. That's a fun yeah, summer movie. I bet that's okay. fun to watch still. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. Can you even make that movie now? Or are we? Sure gonna, you can. People die all the time. Yeah, not, there's not going to be some sort of outrage at the guy. You're dragging a dead guy around. Well, no, he's dead. Yeah, you don't think that's uh, yeah, you disrespectful. Could, no, you could people to that, the that dead? joke is still a, a, a perennial joke of you the dead what, person I, I pretending did, like it's alive. I did watch the other day the the British version of uh, a death at a funeral. I started watching that recently myself. I didn't get all it's the way through it. It's actually pretty good. Yeah, you know, Chris Rock did a, an American version of it. Which one's Dinklage in? He's in both. Is he? Yeah, okay, he play, he's in both of them actually. And he's yeah. very funny in both. Um, you know, my favorite summer movie, and it's a movie we talk, I, I talk about a lot on this show, and I don't know if it is uh, Wet Hot American Summer. Yeah. I think Wet Hot American Summer is one of the most underrated comedies of all time. I mm-hmm. love it. so. I watch it. I probably watch it twice a year, and every time I watch it, I'm just like, this is great. It's like watching Fargo. You know how you watch Fargo, yeah. and you're like, I forgot how good Fargo yeah, was until right. I watch it again. Right. And then you watch it, it's great. Wet Hot American Summer is like that for me. I will tell you, Lee, I have pulled up. What about Summer Rental? John Candy. John Candy? Him walking through the sand. Who plays his wife in that movie? That's a famous Uh, person, right? Yeah, I can't remember. But that's a great scene. If only you had something on the table in front of you that could tell us who played his wife in that movie. Okay, all right, I'll do it. Fire up the Google machine. more interested in showing you Susanna Huff, but okay. Uh, Where is it? Summer Rental. That's John Candy where they just go rent a beach house, right? Yeah. What about Captain Ron? You remember that movie? (laughs) That's it, your boy Kurt Russell and Martin Short. Martin Short. It was uh, Rip Torn was in Summer Rental. (laughs) (laughs) I love Rip Torn. And Richard Crenna. Rip Rip Torn has been in a lot of comedies. He's in Airplane. Yeah. uh, Her name is Karen Austin. I don't know who that is. She looks kind of familiar. Let's see what she's been Let in. Let me see her face. You got a picture of her? Yeah. Nope. Never seen her. Okay. Well, that was. Well, that was a, that was anticlimactic. Yeah. Well, let me tell you this. I have a list here of the actual highest grossing summer movies of all time, 
parentheses adjusted for inflation. Yeah, well, this is important to me because, again, I think. It's, I know this is why I did it because I knew you would have an uh, argument with yeah, this. Because so I, I think we I should, foresaw this coming down the pike. We should always rank films and popularity by tickets sold. Correct. Not the price because of inflation, as we know. Right. So that's how you judge the popularity of a movie, butts in the seats. Right. If you look at the list, if you just punch up highest grossing movies, it's like. I was just telling you. It's whatever guys, the latest movie is. It's it's just a list of Marvel movies. Well, yeah. It's and it's you know because it's, it's a fifteen sixteen dollar right. ticket compared to a two dollar ticket. Well, let's go down this list. We we'll do the top ten. Okay. Uh, number ten is Jurassic World. All right. Yeah. Jurassic World. Yeah. Okay. That's that's the, that's the one with Chris Pratt. That's the one with the giant shark in, that in it. Yeah. Yeah, Chris Pratt's first one. Okay. It's not bad. It's okay. I did like that they put Jimmy Buffett in it. Jimmy Buffett's in that movie? Yes. He's a cameo. Who is he in He's that? at Margaritaville, and he gets eaten. <laughs> I didn't know that. That Because they wanted to, they, so funny. They wanted to be able to use Margaritaville. Because they wanted and, it to look like a theme park. Yeah. So yeah. they called him, and he said, I'll let you use it, but I got to be in it. And they said, okay, can we kill you? And he said, sure. So he's That's he's funny. remember he's running holding a margarita. <laughs> I didn't know. I don't and think I knew he that. He like grabbed it and there's this what are they called uh, the flying the dinosaur. pterodactyl. Pterodactyl. Pterodactyl gets him. Oh, that's really funny. I did not know that. And he's running in his shorts and boat shoes <laughs> carrying a margarita. <laughs> that's awesome. <laughs> is he supposed to be Jimmy Buffett or just? He's just a dude. Yeah. Just a dude. Number nine is Raiders of the Lost Ark. Yeah, there you go. It uh, adjusted for inflation seven hundred eighty-two million dollars. Wow. Its unadjusted gross was two hundred forty-eight. Yeah, that shows you what inflation right, does. Right, right. Raiders, man. Raiders. One of the best movies of all time. Oh man, yeah. It's easy. Forget my about top it. five, top three. It's amazing. It's still amazing. Yeah. Um, number eight. Uh, any guesses? This movie uh, unadjusted gross was four hundred twenty-two million. Uh, adjusted gross for inflation, $788 million. It was in 1994, and it's an animated picture. It was in 19 what? 94. 94. Lion King. And Lion King is it. Yeah. yeah. We're getting ready to get a new live action one of those. Yeah. Um, number seven was a movie that made $474 million unadjusted, $798 million adjusted. Wow. 1999. And I'll say this, it was a big return for a major film franchise. Okay, let's do Phantom Menace. Correct. Yeah. Phantom Menace it is. Did you like yeah. that movie? No. Nanny. I was excited, though, because I just wanted to visit my Star Wars place again. You know, I thought this would be good. So I think I was telling people I liked it when actually I thought this isn't that good. No. But I was too afraid to say that because, you know, you you it was Star your, Wars. You thought you'd lose your nerd card. If no, you... I, no, I wasn't. I was afraid of that. I was just, I didn't want to you betray admit. myself, yeah. you know. like That's I've how I felt about fan. the fourth Indiana Jones movie. Like, I was like, right. oh, I, don't, I don't want Me to too. admit that it wasn't good. It but wasn't. it wasn't good. It wasn't. You know. Number six, uh, unadjusted gross, $402 million. Adjusted gross, $812 million. This is a movie that we've already sort of mentioned on this list. Okay. 1993. Jurassic Park. Jurassic Park. Now, I remember the, I remember seeing Jurassic Park in the theater for the first mm-hmm. time and thinking, this is amazing. This is the most amazing thing. Yeah, seeing those yeah. brachiosaurus. They look totally real. And they around. still do. Like, I saw, I watched the T-Rex yeah. scene recently. Mm-hmm. It holds up. Yeah. It doesn't look fake at all. Yeah. It looks as good as the T-Rex does now. In I remember Jurassic. seeing some documentary about how Spielberg had to really take a leap of faith because it was all going to be done with miniatures. 
you know. Oh wow, like Harry Ray Harryhausen, like the Sinbad movies. Yeah, sort of, yeah. or like or like Star Wars. You know, when mm-hmm. when Luke fights that thing in Return of the Jedi, the you know, Rancor that, monster. The Rancor yeah. monster. It was going to be done like that. Huh. And and these computer guys, whether they were from Pixar, wherever they were, they were from. Was they, it Industrial Light and Magic. I don't know if it was those guys yet, but they they convinced him we can do this, wow. and he said okay. And they had no idea if it would work. So they shot all those scenes, throwing up blue screens and green screens everywhere and hoping to God this works. Can it you imagine up. the pressure, though, of thinking, what if we get back and this doesn't work <laughs> yeah. at all? And I have spent, you know, $100 million. And this is the biggest dog in Hollywood history. Yeah. yeah. It holds up, though, man. I'm telling you. Number five is uh, movie 1983. I don't even need to tell you what that is. Return of the Jedi. Correct. That made three hundred nine million unadjusted, eight hundred thirty one million adjusted. Yeah, I like I like Jedi. I do too. But we both know the Ewoks were sort of silly. Yeah, but young me thought they well, were they great. Have young me too was. You know, was okay I like Jab the Hut too. Oh yeah, like those two set pieces are great. Right. Number four, not surprisingly, is another Star Wars movie. Empire. Empire. That's uh eight hundred sixty seven million dollars yeah. adjusted. Two hundred ninety two hundred ninety million unadjusted. That's wow. crazy. Uh, number three is a movie we've already referenced here. Uh, it's a Cape movie that takes place in Cape Cod. Cape Cod. Yep. Jaws. Yeah, Jaws. One point one billion. Wow. Is its adjusted There's your for inflation? Blockbuster. That, 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 that was the original block. blockbuster. Yeah, I think you're right. Yeah. I would say that. Yeah. Number two is going to surprise you. Mm. It was a 1980. I, I mean, I'm not even going to tell you. Okay. Still yet. Magnolias. No, it's uh, four. It made thirty four hundred thirty five million unadjusted, one point two billion adjusted, nineteen eighty two. And this is going to surprise me. Uh, I don't think it's going to come directly to your head. It should, since I said nineteen eighty two. Oh, I know what it is. E. T. E. T. Correct. Yeah, right, yeah. Right, yeah. That movie I remember having a lot of life. Like I think I might have asked my parents to take me to see that multiple times in the theater. Mm-hmm. I think we even saw it at the drive-in. Yeah. It was really good at oh, the time. Yeah, it was great. What a tearjerker. Yeah. I don't think I've watched it in years, though. Mm-hmm. I don't know if it holds up or not. And number one should not surprise you since we've already mentioned almost every film in this franchise. It's got to be Star Wars. It is Star Wars, A New Hope, 1977, $1.5 billion. Yeah. So it's still whipping all the Marvel yeah. movies and as far as butts and seats. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so is that just for summer movies, or is that... That is movies that were released in the, in the summer. summer. Okay. Yes, right. yeah. Obviously, that's not... I think Gone with the Wind is the top of that list if you go right. all-time all right. movies. I think you yeah. are right, yeah. Um, but yeah, so uh, what else we got coming out this summer that you want to see? Uh, well, Lion King. I'll see Lion King. Yeah, Toy, Lion King. I'll see Toy Story. Oh, Toy Story will be a big it, There's hit. a movie... I, I saw the trailer. I really... I think it was... Uh, Ant, is it Anton Fuqua that did it, maybe? Or... Anthony Fuqua just did the Muhammad Ali documentary. So maybe it's not him. Maybe it's Kugler. I can't remember. One of those guys. But it it was, uh, it's 21st something, 21 Street, or maybe it's not 21 Jump Street. But, you know, it's something like, what is the name of that movie? It looks really good. What's it about? Um, It's a, oh, it's a, so it's a, it's a kid whose dad's a cop. He gets killed. And then he becomes a cop later in life. And then there's another cop killer out there, but everything is not what it seems. Ooh, color me intrigued. I don't no, know what it, it looked, is. It, I mean, it I've never even heard of this. Really movie. good. I'm, I'm gonna look it up because yeah, you got an 
see I can up. see Kugler doing a good job with something like that. Oh, yeah, no, and I, because I remember yeah. us going, oh, my goodness, this looks huh. fantastic. Yeah, I don't know. Toy Story will be the no, – the, it'll the, kill it. The, the techni- I mean, Endgame is technically not a summer movie. So, right. Toy Story will be the big winner of the summer. Probably. It has to yeah. be. Because everybody goes to see Family the adults, friendly. kids, yeah. everybody, multiple Absolutely. times. It'll be huge. Yeah. yeah. And then, uh, of course, later in the year we get the final installment of Star Wars coming out. Is that this year? Yeah. Oh, like nice. in December. Think about what Disney's doing. They're, what aren't they doing? But they'll never have a bigger year than they're going to have this year as well, a company. They release the streaming service. Right. Uh, the new Star Wars theme park. Right. On both coasts. Right. Um, new hotel coming uh, online. Yeah. But Avengers. also. If Avengers. Captain Marvel first. Captain Marvel. Toy Story. Lion King. Aladdin. Right. And we're already up to just the half of the first <laughs> half of the year. That's what I'm saying. You know they're going to have a Disney, a big Disney, a big, some, a big uh, Christmas release that we don't even really know what it is yet. I mean, right. Sure. I mean, how, how do you. I mean, saying, good man. for them. Yeah. They need that kind of money. They need that money. Uh, they do. God bless them. Yeah. I'm glad to see them back on their feet. They got a lot of things <laughs> they got to pay for. Well, I can't find this movie. I was hoping I'd tell you all about it. When I do, though, you're going to. 21 Bridges. Found it. Okay, never heard of it. It looks really good. It's a better, that's a better title than 21 Street. Yes, it is. Well, I knew it was 21 <laughs> something, but uh, I'm trying to see. Yeah, here. I'm going to check that trailer out ASAP because that sounds fun. Yeah, Not well, fun, but good. I'm actually watching the trailer. I didn't mean to right there. I was hoping to. Well, we're doing a podcast. You should right. do that on your own time. All right, thank you. Uh, but yeah, Lee, so what time we got? How long have we been doing this, Maria? For hours. Maria, by the way, great to see you again as well. I haven't seen you also. Okay, all right. Well, we wanna, let's uh, wrap this one up, and next week will be our big 60th. 60th extravaganza. We will be almost Dennis Quaid years old probably, mm-hmm. maybe younger. You're going to see Dennis Quaid in an insurance commercial, and you're going to call me it's and the, apologize. You're thinking of the commercial with that guy in the oh, emu. I'm no, yeah, I'm you not. are. No, I'm not. He's not in an insurance. It's a matter commercial. of fact, it's some kind of commercial, and he makes fun of being in the commercial. He he he, he well, breaks the fourth a, wall oh the whole my time. Gosh, that sounds hilarious. You're going to owe me an apology. I'm not. I will. I may. I will not deliver it. You're going to. Nope. No chance. All right. Thank you guys so much. We are so glad to be back with you this week. I appreciate you listening. Hope you'll join us for number sixty. Uh, this has been the Funkhauser Situation. Lee, say goodbye to everybody. Goodbye, everybody. All right, we'll see you next week. Have a good one, folks. Enjoy the hot summer on your neck. Goodbye. <laughs> <laughs>